Hey, I am Mustafa Sharif. Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I'm looking forward to this episode. It's going to be super interesting. We're going to talk about how cities can be student friendly. I have the pleasure to welcome my guest all the way from Malmo, Zainab Erdal. Hey, and welcome, Zainab. Thank you so much, Mustafa. And thank you for letting me be a part of this. Um, it has been great to following your journey. I mean, I was following you from the first episode and uh, now being a part of it makes me very excited. Thank you so much for giving your time. And also, I remember it was back in January 2020 mm-hmm. when you wrote me a oh, really good episode. And it was, I think, the first episode already. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, a lot of things have happened ever since. <laughs> I was hoping to meet you in, per- in person in Stockholm, but then, yeah, obviously then Corona happened. But I'm happy to please be able to meet you digitally. My pleasure, my pleasure. So I started as a listener, now we are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? How are you? How are you, Zainab? Everything I'm is fine. Great. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. I'm just excited because now actually the weather is getting nicer again. So we can uh, and also go into a little bit of summer mode. Just have a break and recharge. Yeah, I, I saw the picture from uh, Summer Malmo 2020. Yeah. All the people outside, no one's caring about the recommendations. <laughs> yeah, I think people are still trying to keep the distance, but they're meeting with the friends in uh, in different areas, especially in the parks. I mean, I've seen uh, the parks around the city has been occupied with the, with the residents a lot and since a lot of people have been not able to leave the country this year uh, I think they're taking advantage of all the spaces that exist outdoors. Exactly and now cities yeah. become much more important and so every single millimeter is important now. Yeah and I think everybody's trying to use of every single space uh, that can be used as well. Yeah do, do you have any plans for the summer? Uh, I mean going around in Sweden? I think it will be a couple of uh, travels within Sweden, yes. And on Saturday, we are opening up the border to Denmark, or Denmark is opening up the border for us, so we can finally cross the bridge. So I'm looking forward. So I will probably go to Copenhagen a little bit, and then maybe visit my parents in Norway, depending on the recommendations, and travel a lot within Sweden for the first time. Yeah, so a Scandinavian summer. Yeah, more or less, more or less. Great. I'm hoping so, at least, yeah. Yeah. So, Zainab, you're our storyteller. For this episode, how would you like to introduce yourself and please tell us about your passion? Yeah, um, I mean, my name is then Zeyna Bardal. I'm uh, from Sweden, uh, has been living abroad for the past 10 years, working on uh, on different issues related to sustainable development, uh, both on the university side as a lecturer. I've been working as a researcher and an analyst, focusing a lot on uh, the socioeconomic impacts of different infrastructure projects within yeah, mainly on the African continent, but also on the, in China, in different parts and different regions of China. Uh, I'm a sociologist and political scientist by background, um, Turkish roots, so I have uh, a huge interest in the Middle East as well that has been as a, as a result of that. Um, yeah, and my passion is sustainable development. I mean, to make societies better, um, to make sure that we create inclusive societies, um, which give space to all the residents that are within, yeah. regardless of uh, ethnicity or class or age or any other factor. Yeah. Safe for everyone. When did this passion start? Oh, I think it started um, already as a child. I mean, when we were living in Sweden and visiting Turkey, I got to know how poverty would look like and also get an understanding how privileged I was to be in a context like Sweden and grow up in a 
on this part of the world. And then when I started traveling a little bit, I mean, I moved to Turkey the first time in 2008 through an Erasmus program. And with the Erasmus exchange, I also got to know the country a little bit closer. I started realizing that there was just, just poverty, but it was also a lot of wealth within the country, but it was unequal distributed. And then when I moved to China in 2011, I realized that this was also the case, not just in China, but it's actually a global phenomenon. A lot of the countries have, even if they, they have a wealth distribution that is very unequal. And for me, that passion also became like, how can I actually change the structure? And how can we make sure that people that are disadvantaged within these situations or within these societal structures, how can we empower them for them to take and have um, have a better life? Zainab, you had a very interesting journey from different countries. So where do you feel yourself home? I've, oh, it's a big question. I mean, living abroad for so many years have also created different homes for me. Um, and in this case, I guess, I mean, home is every place that I've been living in. So it's Sweden, it's Turkey, it's Shanghai, and it's also Norway to some extent. And I think for me, home is where the heart is kind of, and my heart is in this case a little bit in all the places that I feel an attachment to. Do you agree with this quote that once you're Erasmus, you're Erasmus forever? Oh yes, definitely. I mean, Erasmus was a life-changing experience. And I mean, I was 22 at the time. It was the first time I was moving abroad. It was the first time I was taking such a huge step in terms of both personal development, but also in terms of my career. I never knew. And I think I, since I was a child, I always wanted to discover different cultures and get to know, discover the world step by step but Erasmus for me was um, incredibly enriching and life-changing experience and that was also the reason that when I started my master's studies I was like I need to go out again and this time I went with a double degree then to um, to study in China and I mean it's fantastic and Erasmus community also is uh, I think it's um, it's something that I recommend for everyone and definitely an opportunity that should be seized if you can if you do have the opportunities to take yeah. it. Now also, uh, I, I am so thankful for the Erasmus experience that I had in Milan. It opened my eyes mm. and my mind, actually. Yeah. So I know many, many students listening to Urbanistica and they're writing me. I'm so thankful as well. So if you still have the chance, go for Erasmus and you, mm. you will really enjoy life. Yeah, and I mean, you will meet some interesting people from all over the European from different European countries and you will be in the same situation so there will also be an element where you're all in the same situation and um, yeah that vulnerability but also the strength of actually being able to navigate it within that vulnerability is very precious I think. Yeah. So and now you're back home to Malmo you did a great research about how Malmo can be a student-friendly city. Mm -hmm. So it's a good link to the Erasmus situation. So tell us about the background. Uh, so the project Student City Malmo was uh, then launched in 2019 when I started this position. And it's the first time that there has been such a project within the municipality. So it's co-founded between Malmo University and the municipality of Malmo. And the initiative was taken actually by students. So it's a bottom-up initiative that came from students a couple of years ago. Uh, and then there was discussions going on because they needed to have or they saw a need where they needed someone that could coordinate between the university and the municipality and create space for student issues uh, where we could yeah, discuss them, but also work on, the, on work on the different issues that would come up from it. 
And this initiative then created, uh, made the municipality to have an internal process where they created a strategy for the university city Malmö, but also student city Malmö. And within that framework, then my position was created and launched in January 2019. So it's very new. I mean, I've only been working on this for a year and a half, but so many things have happened already. And um, so the whole idea behind the project was that obviously it's an initiative from students. And in order to understand, so what kind of student student theater do we want to be like? And how does that, which impact would that have on students' life, on the, the look of the, uh, of the city, the identity of the city, the identity of the university, how can we incorporate all of these elements? And what do we need to do to achieve the target to actually become the best student city in Sweden? Because, I mean, the vision is very high and we trust that we can become the best that we can so we shouldn't lower our expectations in any way and in order to find out how we can become the best student cities we know we also then need to incorporate i mean my perception or the perception of the officials or, or the university is important but the voices that matters are the ones that will be affected by the project so once again the students so then i had workshops with the students last year uh, mapping how they, what they considered student city management to be like today, how they would uh, consider the best student city in the world to look like, and how can Malmö then become the best student city in Sweden? The initiative by students, is it a group that represents students in Malmö Högskola or? Yeah, so Malmö Högskola is now Malmö Universitet. It became a university in 2019. So that was also one of 2018. So that was also one of the shifts within the strategy. I mean, because now the university is, um, at Universitet, which also created a research element to it. So the students that took the initiatives uh, is the student union in Malmö University. So Malmö, and within my project then, uh, in, in the steering board, we have representatives from the university, Malmö University, Malmö Municipality, Studentkåren Malmö, and Odontologiska uh, Studentkåren. So we have two student unions at the moment. But the initiative originally came from Student Corner Malmö, which is the largest student union representatives uh, in the city. This research is about that you you talk with the students, you take the, their opinion mm -hmm. about how the municipality can be a student-friendly city. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, to incorporate their perspectives and ideas, and also map the different needs that needs to be addressed within uh, within the student city framework. Like, yeah. What do they identify as um, what is needed to be done within urban planning, within the soft elements of a student city? And then by mapping those needs, so it was a qualitative research based on uh, qualitative interviews, uh, both individuals with individuals in group dynamics, but also then within workshops. And I also had a, so in the library of Orkanen, I put a whiteboard in the entrance where I just asked the students, like, how would you picture students in the moment in 2021 when we become the best students in Sweden? And then the students that were passing by could also like, pick up a uh, post-it and just put it on the whiteboard. And it's also allowed the students then that couldn't attend the workshops to still be able to give their input into, um, into the project and also to be able to put the voice and the recommendations anonymously. Are we, are we talking about uh, Swedish students, Erasmus students, to whom did you speak? So I divided the workshops. I was uh, I actually included all students. It was Erasmus students, international students. It was also a lot of Swedish students. Uh, so I divided uh, the workshops first by faculty. 
in order to understand, since different faculties also have different buildings that they operate within, or they, where, they, where the students hang out, I wanted to contextualize and see if there was a difference between the different faculties at first. And then I had a separate workshop for international students, and then another separate one for students that were work, that were active within the student unions, because I mean, the student union also have a political dimension to it, and also associations that had other needs and same thing with international students so i mean swedish students and international students do have different needs because the international students usually don't have a context of being from sweden uh, they have hard time navigating and it was also then it was important to actually highlight which challenges do they have um or and also what what is the experience that they have from sweden and from being in mom as a student yeah. yeah would you like to share with us some of the outcome that from this research I'm super interested, like what are the elements if we do it, so we might be a student friendly city. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of elements to it, but I think it's uh, what was important in this project was to gra grasp the, the full picture and create a multidimensional approach to student city planning. Traditionally, when you look at campus planning, it focuses more on the physical planning of it. And for instance, with, with my position, the beauty of it was that since it had been done before, I could then design a project that I where I could incorporate both the soft and the hard elements. What I saw was important um, and within that then physical planning was one element of it, but also the softer elements of it. Uh, so in terms of student life, um, so the three main topics were student life, uh, working life and then student housing. And then within that, by addressing all of these three elements, then we would also be able to secure the well-being of the students because that would be the outcome of it. And then through securing the well-being of students, then we would also become the best student city in Malmö or in Sweden. Uh, and in terms of student life, what was missing was spaces within campus area, but also within the city where students could meet. Uh, I mean, Malmö has its own identity as it's the third, third largest city in Sweden. So it's not a small city and it has a city vibe. It has a pulse, it's vibrant, it's attractive, and it attracts a lot of different type of people into the city. And that's also one of the reasons why students come to Malmö because they don't want to be in a traditional student city context where they become a part of a student life. They want to be a part of a city life, but at the same time, what was missing in the case of Malmö um, that could be improved, that should be improved, is the element of student life. So they wanted to have a city life or a stronger dimension of a student life within that city life framework. That means, for instance, student friendly cafes, student friendly restaurants, um, and more alternatives for pla alternative places where they could meet. Um, yeah, I think that was like some of the elements, but also meeting spots. I mean, physical places where they could meet. The parks were obviously a huge uh, plus point in terms of mom and also the, the closeness to the beach and to Copenhagen. But for instance, then if you want to go to Denmark, the price is actually very high. So you still have to pay around 220 krona to cross the bridge back and forth, which is quite a lot. So maybe some interventions or if we could in, in a way have an, yeah, create some kind of student discounts uh, for students. And also in terms of student life between international and local students, what was missing? was um, that the interaction between the two groups were not as not as vibrant as they as it could be and i think this is an issue that is uh, i mean i've come across across this problem every time i've been abroad and where you see a divide between international students and local students usually because you live in separate housings which is also the case in uh, in Dan Malmö. so if you move into the housing element is that 
we do offer housing for students that are um, that are paying the tuition fees, while European students then have to find their own accommodation. And uh, within the international housing, what is this? That then they're separated from the Swedish students. And we have been trying now to implement various activities where international students and Swedish students could meet. But I mean, it's not enough. We still need to do, and we need to create more spaces for them to meet. Maybe even. Be a little bit more innovative with the courses and the classes that we create on campus, because usually what students do is that they go to campus to have um, normal lectures within the program. But if we could create alternative lectures and alternative curriculums, anything from language uh, courses to uh, art classes, that could also give an opportunity to students to be in the same context again. And I think we need to work a little bit more on the, yeah, on the social dimension of it. As particularly within programs where students are not necessarily necessarily don't spend so much time within the campus area. Did they mention something about when it's dark and the weather outside is uh, snowy? What is the alternative for them? Now, there has been uh, obvious that Sweden is darker. So for the international students, it was quite hard to, um, to adapt to the darkness and also adapt to the cultural elements of it, because most of our students at Malmö University are from the region. So the majority of the students have already have established networks, which means that they don't really need to in maybe in traditional student cities, there would be a need since most of them come from other parts of the country. There is also a need of like establishing new friendships, which you don't really have at Malmö University. And I think that also then becomes an element like how can we then make the international students to meet the Swedish students a little bit more uh, and how can we create, make sure that friendships are being established. I mean, we do have mentorship programs, some other things. But there are more elements that we need to work with. And with now Malmö Hög School are becoming Malmö University, there's also change and there were expected change that the student population of the university will change. So we will have, it's becoming more attractive nationally. And then with that attractiveness, it will also then, the result would be that more people from outside of the region will apply to Malmö. And that will give an opportunity for them then to also look for more friendships and new networks to be established. Um, so there are a lot of different changes that are going on. And I mean, Corona now is uh, stopping some of it a little bit, affecting them. But I think once this is over again, it will be quite exciting to see yeah. how we can work on that. So this great study ended in, uh, in a, how to say, the outcome of what students see mm. a, a student-friendly city is. So how is Malmö municipality going to go further with the, mm. with these, let's say, uh, conclusions? Yeah. No. So, so just to mention the other elements of it, the student housing part. So there was also student housing and career transition. So in terms of student housing, there was also the wish to create attractive student housing within attractive points within the city. Because usually, what is happening now is that we have a lot of different actors that are building student housing or have student housing around in different areas in the city, completely disconnected from each other. So there was a wish to actually connect them a little bit more, but then also create social activities within the housing complexes. Mm -hmm. Since most of the students now we're moving away from corridor living and into small little units. And when you put students into small little units, it also increases the, the level of loneliness. I mean, CSN was doing a research about it and published a report a couple of years ago where they were highlighting the level of loneliness among the new generation. And I think that needs to be addressed as well um, to create and more interactive student housing buildings. And plus, in Malmö, we do need to have more student housing. We only have 2,000 apartments at the moment. 
which is not really matching the student population that we have in the city. We have 24,000 students studying at Malmö University. Then we have 40,000 students in the next door city, Lund. So, but then obviously then we also have different identities. So a lot of the students in Lund, even during when I was studying there. So I studied at both Malmö and Lund. So I have both of the experience from like living in both of them. And in Lund, once you reach a certain age and you have were kind of done with student life, you, you usually just moved into the city, which would be Malmö. And then when comes to career and working life, which was the third element, there was a need to, uh, I mean, we do have very good internship opportunities within the programs uh, that have VFU, Vaximus for like practique. That is a part of the program that they're studying. So we have already established networks with Malmö municipality, uh, within, for instance, the educational sector. So teachers or becoming teachers will have the internship with uh, around different schools connected to municipalities, but that's but at the same time, there are a lot of other programs that has offered few opportunities or where structures um, are missing. And this is something that we need to develop for Swedish students, but also for international students, because international students have very small chance in entering the Swedish labor market. And this is something also that I witnessed when I was studying in Sweden, unfortunately, uh, for a lot of my then fellow classmates while Swedish students themselves also have a hard time getting in, unless, I mean, because you need to have network, they require you to have certain level of experiences already. So when you don't have that, then it kind of gets hard to enter. So we need to develop different structures where uh, internship opportunities, trainee op traineeship opportunities would be, would be developed and created for the students. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of then the implementation phase of it, so now we're moving in. So the action plan was decided on and approved in June this year, earlier this month, uh, which is great. I mean, we have been working on it for a long time and I'm very happy about that. And then in autumn, uh, we're going to start implementing the different activities that have been defined. So some of them is a student housing strategy for the municipality that we're going to look for. Uh, yeah, that we're going to develop. There will be a career transition strategy that we developed a communication strategy for student city moment because I think it's important to also create then what is the identity of the student city? What is the actual, what are we communicating? And what kind of student city do we want to be like? And then we're also going to help um, creating structures between students and politicians. So the end of, yeah, between student unions, students, representatives, uh, politicians and officials. Where student issues can then be discussed and uh, on a high, higher level. Is only municipality res responsible for it or there are other stakeholders that need to be part of this? Now, in all of this, it's always the same stakeholders usually. It's the municipality, the university and the student unions need to be a part of this. So then, so these are all actions or projects, sub-projects, that will include all three of them. Some of them will maybe be in charge of implementing it fully and the other ones will be advisory or you come with input, but in most of them, they need to be. So it's, it's a common approach, let me put it yeah. this way. And uh, you worked a lot now in these, in between these stakeholders. What do you think? Is it going to take a long time until things are going to happen or no, things are happening? No, things are really happening and they're happening very fast. Ever since I started with this project, because there have been the discussions about student city have been going on for such a long time. And I mean, Malmö is growing, the university is growing, and it's, um, and I think this change affecting everyone. So there's a huge level of excitement uh, and 
also a willingness to create these changes and take this approach. And I mean, within also within my project, the moment I started, I had full support from both parties. And then when I say both parties, I mean the municipality and the university. And of course, also then the student union as a part. Um, and within and by having this full support, that also then enabled me to take certain steps very quickly. And I mean, having an action plan then decided upon so quickly has been um, has been one of the results. So definitely, I think the implementation phase will go on very quickly. And the university and the municipality just uh, agreed on extending this project for another five years. That's very promising and it shows the approach of both municipality and university. Yeah, I mean, we see this as a long term uh, strategic investment and development. I mean, it's the idea is to create a sustainable development of student city Malmö. Yes. So it needed then it also required them to have a common understanding of the framework. Yeah. And now the method that you created by doing this research, do you think it's applicable in other cities that, let's say, a city in Europe wants to 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 be a student-friendly city? Can they can they just take the method, implement it? No, it's, I'm actually currently looking at uh, trying to see if I can find different test tests to create and to try and test this model. I believe that the model can be applied to different cities uh, around the world. Now, just in Europe, but around the world, but all, but then the framework also needs to be adapted and take into consideration the local context. I mean, if I would do this project in China, then I would also have to take into consideration the pressure that the students are facing from the family, mm. from the families that they have because they're a single child and needs to have a certain level of career development. I mean, there are a lot of different elements, but I think the core is being addressed within the framework that I've already created. And it's an approach to um, where you include the soft and the hard elements mm. of city planning, uh, which I find quite interesting because I mean, city planning these days, back in the days, I think we had a more single approach to city planning and now it's becoming more and more multidimensional. And I think acknowledging that uh, will also then enable us to have creative projects where we can then include the voices that matters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, recently, city planning become more, how to say, human friendly, you know, human yeah. scale. Also, urban planners starting to doing uh, podcasts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. I'm very happy with this development. Yeah. So, talking about cities, uh, future planning, uh, you know, in this podcast, uh, you know, you're one of the first listeners. We talk a lot about what is a smart city and how do we define a smart city. So for you now, you worked a lot with a student-friendly city. How do you define a smart city? I mean, smart city for me is incorporating different technological solutions in an efficient way uh, into city planning and urban planning. But city planning itself, a smart design for me, then in the 21st century needs to be multidimensional. It needs to include aspects of environment, technology, human, social aspects of it, well-being, like psychological aspects of city planning, uh, but also then create efficient solutions that allows us to protect the, the surroundings and mother nature at the same time as uh, we use the resources efficiently. I think that's and also create alternative ways and modes of um, in ways of interacting with each other. Uh, for instance, transportation lines is, 
something that I'm looking into a little bit more, which I find fascinating because, I mean, even today we see that there are more and more different modes of transport, transporting yourself within the cities. And I think this is going to be very important in the future as well. And how do we create spaces for these modes of transportation? How do we adapt the cities? Uh, I think smart solutions then also take into consideration future planning. How can we then create something that which we can later readapt or remodel with when certain future scenarios would I mean we can we can have an idea about the future, although we don't really know what's expecting us. I mean if you would have asked me 20 years ago, would you know that smartphones would occupy your life this month? I would say no. <laughs> I mean no. So there are a couple of changes that we can never see coming in that sense, but at the same time then we need to also be able to adapt to those situations. So how much technology can help us in creating a smart city? I Is mean, it... in, in a lot of way. I believe in uh, in data, in that sense. As a researcher, I believe that if you collect the right type of data, you can also create um, various analysis that could allow you to then design a city in a very efficient way. Yeah. Um, so, But it should be qualitative and quantitative data. I mean, because usually what I see is people are focusing a lot on a lot of numbers and they miss the social aspects of it or uh, the soft aspects that also needs to be taken into consideration. And Internet of Things is definitely going to change a lot of things in our society. And yes. it's already changing. I mean, it's already happening with yeah. 5G and all. Mm. I believe that data, collecting data is not enough. We need also, how to say, smart people that understanding Mm. what people need in the city, like what you do with, the, being, uh, with doing the research about students, but also we have so many different groups in the city that we need to understand them. So collecting data is not really enough to yeah. become a smart city. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's also about understanding the context that you operate in. I mean, that is the basic to the basic element to all kind of city planning, according to me, at least. And if you want to create a societal change or, and also identify what kind of city do you want to be like? The identity aspects of it is like, how do we see Malmö in 30 years? Or how do we see students in Malmö in 30 years? What is What are we actually working towards? Because otherwise, there's the risk that everybody's taking a different direction. And in the end, you just have a melting pot and you don't really understand what has happened um, with that melting pot. And then you try to redesign it. It's like you, you lose a lot of time. And by then, in the beginning, have a clear vision of the society that you want to create but then create that society together with the people that are being affected by those changes is the key to any kind of uh, successful and sustainable city and urban planning. Yeah, when you did the research with the students and in the interviews, did you get any proposals from the, inter uh, from the students that, okay, this kind of applications can help us to create communities? Definitely, I mean, the, one of the first uh, suggestions were a university application. It's an application where they could then create events, uh, where they could communicate with each other, a little bit like how Facebook was used originally, uh, but then only for the for, only for the university. So that was one. Uh, there was talks about the concrete suggestions on how to create seating arrangements on the campus area. There were suggestions in one of the buildings to put a lot of um, greenery to improve the the air quality. Right, for then also create a natural element to the concrete and contrast that a little bit. There were suggestions on transportation lines, on to create bike lanes between two different points in the city that students could use. So, I mean, they, they do have uh, a lot of insightful comments because they're the ones navigating within Student City Malmö every day. 
Yeah. And then for them, then they can also identify the changes that they would also want like to see. Do you believe a students friendly city is a smart city? Definitely. It can be smart. I mean, if your design is smart, it can be smart. So it also depends on the, how you design it. I mean, student cities can have, be in many different ways, have many different identities. But if your design is smart, definitely. Yeah. And the way you define the smart city, do you think Malmo is uh, on the path to become a smart city? Already it is a smart city. Definitely. I think Malmo has come very far within the smart city planning. What I miss in generally Sweden is, though, that Internet of Things still in upscaling, so it's not really there yet, but we're getting there. Uh, but a lot of the solutions that in Malmö that, um, that we're focusing on and the infrastructure projects that are underway is an indication that we're also making things more efficient. Um, and the, rest, the Western Harbour, for instance, in Malmö is a successful project where, that is considered very environmental friendly and, and has also received recognition from other European parties in that way. And we signed, so I think Malmö is very ambitious as a city uh, and in terms of urban planning we have a large vision on how we want to develop and redevelop some parts of the city as well i mean we have the northern harbor project that is underway uh, we do have a new like the cultural casper project in uh, rosengård so we, we don't we don't only develop new areas but we also try to redevelop the old ones to make them more attractive and also then try to create new identity. So I think that's very valuable. And yeah, also yeah. because there's also a tendency that you always want to create new things and then you forget what you already have. It's like, no, we need to do both. Very promising. So the next step of this study is going to be the implementation and... Yeah. Implementation of the activities that have been defined. And we're going into the implementation phase then, yeah, after the summer break when everybody's back into business again. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting to follow the journey of the implementations as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the report will hopefully be published in uh, in August. I was hoping to have it done by June, but I think it will be in August and it will be available for reading as well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, send me the link so I also include it in the in the podcast as well. Yeah, well there. Yeah, well, Sainab, uh, it was really, really inspiring, interesting to, to, to talk with you and to hear that cities are really willing to become student friendly. Mm. Yeah, I think it's very important and I think it's an investment that each and every university city should actually take into consideration. I mean, it's, it's so exciting. I was living in Turkey by the time when I saw this position to be open and when I saw it, I found this project so interesting. I actually moved back to Sweden just to take on this project because I thought that here is something that I can actually make a change in, not just not just change in the city, but also change in the lives of students. Exactly. And I think that is an investment that um, yeah that I recommend to all university cities. Yeah. So what is going to be the next step for you? Are you going to travel one more time to another city, another country? I mean, I definitely, I will, I will probably not stay in Malmö forever. Uh, I, I'm considering to try out, I will probably be here a little bit more, maybe some more years, and then uh, see the opportunities that will arise. Um, and I'm very good at taking on side projects, so I might then do take a project and, and do this at the same time, depending on, on the situation. Yes, definitely, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm considering Nigeria at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, always great to see great people like you with so much energy and always wants to change the world and make it better. I mean, we're trying, right? We're trying to make it better. 
true. And true. hopefully we will all succeed in our way. It's baby steps. I believe everyone will succeed so far. There is a goal, there is a vision, and there is a hard working on it. Yeah, and I think it's important to at least try. Yeah. I mean, uh, it doesn't hurt to try. Yeah. I mean, this is now maybe we are too much in the, how to say, <laughs> motivation or coaching. Mm. I mean, this is what the difference between the change makers and others, that change makers mm. will never give up. Yeah. Always trying, trying, trying until they, they approach. Mm. And I think you need to be brave. I mean, you need to take that step and you need to trust that you're on the right path as well to make that change. Because if you don't believe in yourself, then, then other people wouldn't either. So if you just believe in the cause that you have and the change that you want to create, then that would also then motivate others to be a part of that change. I mean, I, I saw that with students in the moment. I was so convinced of the things that I wanted to come, that I wanted to create, the things that I wanted, the changes that I wanted to see. And once I pictured that vision, then it was very easy for me to also convince others to, to share that same vision that I had and convince them that this was the way and the right path that we should take. Um, and I mean, this is just, there are so many ways that we can create change in the world. And I think we should underappreciate um, how much our voice matters, but also how much our actions matters. Well, thank you so much again, Zainab, for inspiring us and for, your, for giving your time to record this episode. Now, thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. And uh, I hope to catch up with you some other day again. Of course, yes, of course. Even uh, if we are not a student-friendly city yet, but we're we're welcoming the students-friendly cities to our city. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Stockholm has a little bit to work on, to be honest. <laughs> but that might be a future project. I think so. Stockholm is, um, yeah, definitely something that could be developed. Of course, rather. of course. So, mm -hmm. Zainab, how would you like to summarize uh, our conversation, your reflections, and three takeaway messages? to all urbanistic listeners? I mean, some of the t takeaway messages is, I guess, to believe uh, that change is possible. I think that's the first element in it. And that work, and that you need to work for it on a professional and on a personal level. I mean, change doesn't come by itself in that you need to create yourself. And if you don't, then no one else will do it for you. And I think that is an insight that I would like to send. And then the second one would be to not be afraid of trying. I mean, at least we have tried, right? If you fail and if you succeed, that is just an outcome. But I think it's important to at least try and to see the results. Um, and then thirdly, in terms of urban planning, I would say that by including stakeholders and by making them participate in, in urban planning, we would also ensure sustainable development. Yeah. Thank you so much for the takeaway messages and now three hashtags. Three hashtags. It's uh, I would say my first one is my favorite, like stronger together. And then the second one would be be the change. And the third one would be all voices matter. Nice, nice. Uh, very powerful hashtags. And thank you so much again, Sengar. Thank you, Mustafa. And thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. Please don't forget to follow on Instagram and subscribe the YouTube channel for live talks. If you have any great story that makes our city smarter, please contact me. Urbanistica is being produced in collaboration with Landscapes Lager that working with landscape architecture, urban planning and design based in Stockholm. I am Mustafa Sharif. Keep up the good work. Keep loving cities.